0: let's dig into this. Like, why is it that this isn't working? Or why is it that we are clashing? Or what do we do that's working, right? And just coming from that playful place, as opposed to, oh my gosh, like, this is serious. Like, I want to build a dungeon in my basement and my wife just, like, has endless stamina and what the fuck? Like, Uh (laughs) it's just, like, instead of, like, because we're so attuned to, like, putting ourselves in boxes. and And, you know, it's not really our fault. I mean, just society kind of, like, structured in that way unfortunately but in, so it's more just about okay this is a starting point and now we get to decide what we want to create together with this awareness that we
1: have welcome to 1000 days sober podcast i am your host my name is lee Davy. i am not an alcoholic i refuse to be anonymous i am someone that doesn't drink alcohol i spend every waking moment of my life helping other people do the same like right now In a bit, we're going to be talking to Natalie Kabenjian. but before I go there, just a few things I want to talk to you about. First and foremost, uh, we have just hit our third anniversary as a community, Strive. So we've been around for a long time under different guises and different names. This Alcohol Addiction podcast, for example, is like seven or eight years old, something like that. But Strive, our community, Like our little group of lovely, lovely strivers, it was uh, three years ago we created it. And there are four people that I really want to mention right now who were right there, right at the beginning when we created this thing. And they are Sue, uh, Sarah, Nikki, and Laurie. And if you think about it, building a community of people that don't drink alcohol is not a community unless you get at least two people. So think about it. Here I am, wanting to change the world, wanting to help people to become people that don't drink alcohol. I create this community and I'm kind of shitting myself. I'm I'm wondering who's going to come and talk to me. And these four beautiful, amazing women just enter my space and start having discourse with me over this thing. They start opening up. They start sharing. They start just revealing themselves to me, to themselves, and to the world. And they really start doing the work. Right? So. Nikki, Laurie, Sue, Sarah, I love you. Without you, Strive would never exist. So thank you very much. And they're still there today. Think about that, folks. Three years later, those four beautiful women are still at Strive. Why? Because 1,000 days sober experience in the Strive community is much more about alcohol. It's much more about alcohol. These people, they put alcohol in the rearview mirror. Now they're working on their other things in their lives, these other aspects of their life. And it doesn't stop. Today, we're going to be talking to Natalie Kabengian about sex and intimacy, right? How many people need to work on that kind of stuff, right? Once you remove alcohol from your life, don't you want to have a better sex life? Don't you want to have a a better relationship with money? Don't you want to be healthier? Don't you have a better relationship with what you put in your mouth? Uh, Don't you want to have a better relationship with what you do for a living, you know? All of those things we do at one thousand days so, but That is the building rockets and flying to Mars. Part of this, okay? So thank you to those four lovely ladies for that. The other thing I wanted to just touch upon. I'm reading the road less traveled, and I want to just make a little cu- quote for you that I just uh, highlighted the other day. Problems do not go away; they must be worked through, or else they remain forever a barrier to the growth and development of the spirit. Problems do not go away. They must be worked through, or else they remain forever a barrier to the growth and development of the spirit. You hear that, folks? Your problems don't go away. They don't go away. Okay? If you, and I want you to do this, right? If you want to join Strive, like these four beautiful ladies I told you earlier on, you want to take the 1000 Day Sober Experience, you want to see if you have what it takes to go 2.7 years without drinking alcohol. Then, as I've said in previous episodes, and I'll keep saying in other episodes, you've got to come and sit down with me and have a chat with me about it first. And when you do, when you do think and consider to do that, and the resistance turns around and says, you do not go and sit with that man. Do not go and sit down and go through that experience with him. He's going to ask you for some money. He's going to ask you for for some time. Now is not the right time. I can get everything free through AA. Like, why do I need to go and sit with this guy? I'll just reiterate to you problems do not go away. They do not go away. Even when you become someone that doesn't drink alcohol, do you think that cures all of your problems? Does it echo like you're gonna have so many more problems? You'll hear me today talking to Natalie, sharing my innermost secrets around my sex life. And it's quite clear as I'm talking that I have got a lot of work to do in that regard. 10 years after I stopped drinking alcohol, because we need to be patient with ourselves and we need to be compassionate with ourselves. And we need to understand and respect that we are imperfectly or perfectly imperfect. All right. And if we can do that, then we can get away with this shame monster and we can start living a kick-ass life. There you are. All right. So if you want to sit down and have a 30-minute discovery call with me, get over to the website, www.1000daysober.com. And uh, you follow, watch the sales video and get yourself lined in for a little chat with me, okay? Right. Without further ado, I'm going to uh, introduce our guest. Natalie Kabajian is a pole artist, teacher, and somatic healer who has helped women from all walks of life in love with themselves and... Claim their power through feminine movement, to rise in love with themselves and to reclaim their power through feminine movement. Natalie is also a pleasure embodiment and sexual intimacy coach, certified in the erotic blueprints, the five erotic languages, which was something new to me when I reached out to Natalie. Uh, She is deemed a conscious, compassionate rebel. Natalie helps people in partnerships become more erotically empowered in their sexuality and live unabashedly, I love that word, in their own badass brand of pleasure. She helps them to not only embody their desire, but to connect and integrate that with their partners, activating each other to heal, grow, and discover new flavors that could elevate their partnership to the epic climax it deserves and beyond. Natalie's ultimate mission is igniting and inspiring people to live their most radically turned on lives possible, to rebel against the pain and forge their own pleasure revolutions, to awaken their animal within and be their fierce, freaky selves without limits. So here she is flying her freaky flag with the rest of us freaks, Natalie Kambedian. Welcome to the 1000 Day Sober podcast, Natalie Kambedian. How's life? Life is
0: outstanding. Thank you're you.
1: F- you're, the, uh, yeah. you're the second person I've done a podcast interview with, with somebody who's sitting on the floor, actually.
0: Oh, really No. Yes.
1: Yeah. I interviewed an, an actor, Jeremy... Jeremy... Can't remember his name now. He did it on the floor as well.
0: He did it on the floor. I mean, the floor is just really grand.
1: I love the floor. So the hardness done, of we it. We could have done it on the pole. That would have been like super cool.
0: Oh my gosh. What the hell are we thinking? I know. We could, both, we could have
1: both <laughs> we could have both had a pole, right? I could have given it a go as well.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it would have been great for your muscular exertion as well, you know, like your cardio and especially speaking and like holding a pose at the same time. Oh my gosh.
1: Whenever my wife catches me watching uh, YouTube videos of women pole dancing, I always tell her that I'm just preparing to sort my muscles out because yoga is just not good enough for me anymore. It's research. Yeah. Oh, gosh,
0: I love it. <laughs> research. Your wife is very lucky.
1: <laughs> so where are you? Uh, what are you based, Natalie?
0: Um, City of Angels, currently Los Angeles, California.
1: Same here, same here. You're based here too? Mm. I'm currently wow. in, where am I? I'm in Tuhanga, uh Sunland, and there's a big Armenian um, community around here, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually went to um, an Armenian Catholic school. Um, it moved around that area, hunger when mm-hmm. I was small. So yeah, I, I know that area very well.
1: I love the fact that your Scottish accent keeps coming out. It's really so
0: I know. My, oh my gosh. You know, um, whenever I get feisty or like very angry, it comes out even more. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: so I, I did a little bit of an intro earlier on, but just expand a little bit for the people who are listening. Um, what is it that you do, Natalie?
0: So um, I am a pleasure, embodiment, and sexual intimacy coach. Uh, I am certified in the erotic blueprints, which are um, essentially the five arousal languages created by my mentor, Jaya. And uh, what I do is I help, uh, primarily I've been working with women, um, but I help them um, to become more erotically powered, empowered in their bodies, um, more deeply connected to their sensuality, to their erotic expression, and how to cultivate a language of pleasure that is authentically them. So, and then how to communicate and integrate that with the language of their partner, right? If they are in partnership or if they're wanting to call in an ideal partner to have a vast array of knowledge where they would be able to see where they're coming from and then how to integrate that and how to embody their desire, right? And not get lost in the dynamic. So that's what I do. It's so fun.
1: What's it, what's it like working in this space? Because, you know, we still exist in a society where sex is still one of the taboos, so oh, you yeah. know, I imagine there's part of me that thinks that that you wouldn't be like clients busting down the door, but then you know, porn is so popular on the internet. I mean, it, it, you know, how have you been finding it? You know, getting clients and uh, working with people.
0: So c- clients actually have been pretty easy. Like the the moment, and. Um... It's the magic of just really being in alignment with your purpose, mm. right? The more clear you are in your why and when you're invested in that, and I don't know how spiritual of a person you are, but I'm highly spiritual where it's like, okay, universe, like this is this is my truth and this is what I'm committed to and I'm going to show you. Mm. So then it just becomes like this co-creative partnership where ultimately the right people are going to find you. It's just a matter of just constantly showing up and doing amazing things like being on other people's platforms, that I, I so thank you for having me on here. Um it's really just spreading the vision and then just trusting that those clients are going to come and they have.
1: Yeah, one of the things we're doing at 1000 days sober we're trying to ba- we're trying to break down these uh, taboos, you know, being someone who doesn't drink alcohol is a taboo. Talking about sex is a taboo. You know, opening right. your mouth opening your mouth and talking about anything today seems to be a taboo. So <laughs> it seems to be taboo, yeah. Uh, so we're trying we're trying to break away from that. So good to hear that you're doing this work. Um when we got in touch and you sent me the link for the erotic blueprint, okay? That was pretty yes. cool. I did it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yes. But the first thing that came up for me was, holy, holy cow, right? You know, I've, I've read Gary Chapman's five love languages. Mm. And I realized when I read that book, oh, okay, I speak this love language. My wife speaks this love language. And it's important to know that and to understand. So we talk in the right language to so have a great relationship. I never, ever considered erotic languages, right? Or like yeah. an erotic kind of way of being. So talk a little bit about the erotic blueprint and what the, is there five of them?
0: There's five types. Right. yes. And
1: what, 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 what the five are, where, where it came from, how did this thing kind of uh, manifest itself into reality?
0: The erotic blueprints. I mean, essentially, I like to think of them as a GPS for your arousal. Mm. So um, there are five types, and there are within those types there are infinite possibilities within each realm. So essentially, whatever you end up like when you take the quiz and then your result comes in, right? It just gives you almost like a framework of like this is like the this is the language that you would potentially lead with when it comes to sexual intimacy. And um, so the five types would be the energetic and we've got the sensual, sexual, we've got kinky, and then we've got a shapeshifter. And each of these languages, they come with their own superpowers and then they come with their own shadows. It's so brilliant. (laughs) So yeah, that's just like the overview in terms of like, it just gives you more language and awareness as to why I do why I'm turned on by certain things, right? Like, why is it that I need space Mm -hmm. before we get into penetration? Like, why is it that I need to spend more time, you know, snogging my partner, like feeling into the space between us? Why is it that I need to have my space a certain way? Right? In order to feel more like effective arousal. Why is it that I just, I just want to like get to the result. I just mm-hmm. want to get to orgasm, right? It just, it just, it puts the pieces together as to why you are built the way you are, because essentially there's nothing broken about you, you know? everything is information, right? But a lot of times we tend to think because we have these desires, right? And we don't have like a framework to put it in or an effective way of communicating that with ourselves or with our partner. Ultimately, we feel like something is wrong with us and there isn't. Mm. So, and really with figuring out what your type is, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, this is what you are and that's it. Right, because there's so much to be gained in all of the other prints as well, and all of the other types. So it's really just becoming like a well-rounded, like orgasmic machine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind being an orgasmic machine. Um, right. Okay. Let's. I'll, I'll. I'll tell you. I think the best way to go forward this podcast. I tell you what my result was, and yeah. then we can talk a little bit about what I think about that. I know my wife's as well, so we could talk about my wife's. Yes. And interestingly, so before I do that, I want to preface that when people join the 1,000 Day Sober experience and they decide that they want me and the team to help them go 1,000 Day Sober, we take them through a personality test so we can allow them to better understand themselves and we better understand so we can communicate more effectively. And we use the color code testing. and. My wife and I are opposites in terms of personality. Like I'm a red personality type. Um, like I want to get to A and B as quickly as I can. Um, power is really important. and all that kind of stuff. Get out of my way. I ain't got fucking time to think about this. And my yeah. wife's more kind of like, mm, let me think about this. I got to take my time. She's a blue, right? Procepting. So we're the most complicated relationship to try to get right. When I did the um, sex thing, I don't know who her scores, but in mine, I'm kinky, Right. So I'm 26.7 really? kinky and my wife's a shapeshifter and I'm only 6.67% shapeshifter. So again, I'm kind of like straight off the bat. I'm thinking, am I, am, are me and my wife like sexually incompatible because I'm 26.67 kinky and 6.67 shapeshifter and she's a shapeshifter?
0: I see. I, w- I love that you brought up the word incompatible because you can compatibility can be cultivated. So it's more about like, okay, I'm this and my partner is that, Mm. right? So instead of the invitation here, instead of being like, oh my God, like we are completely incompatible. It's more leading from a place of like, a conscious, compassionate place. And it's coming from a place of curiosity, like, ooh, okay, like, let's dig into this. Like, why is it that this isn't working? Or why mm. is it that we are clashing? Or what do we do that's working? Right. And just coming from that playful place as opposed to, oh my gosh, like, this is serious. Like, I want to build a dungeon in my basement and my wife just like has endless stamina and what the <laughs> fuck. Like, uh. <laughs> it's just like, instead of like, because we're, we're so attuned to, like putting ourselves in boxes and, and, you know, it's not really our fault. I mean, just society kind of like is structured in that way, unfortunately, but and so it's more just about, okay, this is a starting point. And now we get to decide what we want to create together with this awareness that we have.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. I like that. And what came up for me then was as I've become in, as I've Becoming more experienced and more mature, and a better communicator, I can I can see that. Oh, okay, this is how my wife likes feedback. This is how my l- wife likes to be supported. This is how my wife likes me to hold space, and on and on and on. Yeah. And now I'm now I'm learning. Oh, and this is how my wife uh, thinks and wants to be taken care of sexually, right? So, it's, it's, so it's, a, it's another important piece of information so you can put together this whole jigsaw of this kind of relationship thing so you can yeah. start doing and providing or at the very least understanding what makes this person tick that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And if you put all these pieces together and you start to pay attention to them and do the work, you're going to be in conflict less and, you, you know, there's going to be the divorce rates are going to, they're not going to be as high. People right. to work shit out.
0: Yeah. Cause you're coming from a place of turn on rather mm. than pain. Mm. So you're coming from a pleasurable place. And too often in this society, are we walking around denying ourselves what turns us on? Mm. And so I just, and so I love the erotic blueprints in the sense that it does give you like, yo, nothing's broken about you. Like, this is this is just information as to how you may be wired and then where you can go from that right and with your i mean and with your wife too you know being a shapeshifter i myself am a shapeshifter like when i test it and i still am and the beautiful thing about shapeshifters is that they love variety right they love like play like the more the better like i mean and and they can go for quite a long time you know i mean like they're they're just like the the They're just so hungry for more. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then the, like the shadow side to that type would be oftentimes, and I'd love to hear your reflections on this as well. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes with a shapeshifter type, you are molding to that of your partner's desires and your partner's needs a lot of the time it's like well because you're so like open to variety it's like oh yeah yeah like i can easily just shift and mold to what my partner needs and then you're starving yourself ultimately mm. so it's like a beautiful paradox of the shapeshifter of just like yes i'm so open and i'm so like various but then you end up getting stuck in like one modality that's relevant to your partner's and then it's like well what is it that i
1: want mm. Yeah, so and so I'd love it's, to it's, hear actually that,
0: your reflections.
1: That uh that comes back to this really important need to be asking, asking for what you need, to be having some strong boundaries around being really open and courageous and and talking up, yeah. you know, this is not working for me. Like, you know, and that when you said about the shapeshifter, kind of like giving up your power or leaning into your feminine energy of, or the, the woman role, the matriarchal role of taking care of somebody else's needs before your own. Like mm. I can see that coming up quite clearly, in, like in a shapeshifter role. Before I go into like the kinky side of things, what, when, yeah. when people, if I, I would guess, if you used to say to people, when I say sex, what do you think about? And you, you, you ask like a hundred thousand people in America, say, um, I think the word shame would come up quite a lot. And what oh, I liked yeah. about this blueprint is it helps you with shame because you're reading like kinky, for example, like how many people want to be recognized as kinky? Do they, are they happy that they're recognized as kinky or do they feel ashamed that they're recognized as kinky, right? And then, but yeah. then reading about the kinky blueprint and reading about why you feel the way you do and all this kind of stuff, it releases that shame. Do you want to expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, well, because shame is such a like that would be one of the shadow parts of the kinky is yeah. the shame of like I'm 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 wrong to want this kind of a desire or um, my 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 um, like that there's just something. um to be judged about that. Or like my partner will want to leave me or like that they may reject me or they may abandon me or think I'm too weird. Like all of these things that your body ends up like absorbing, Mm. right? Because you yourself are creating that spiral, right? Due to childhood programming and beyond. So with kink, it's even like when you first hear the term kink, a lot of times people just immediately go to like the BDSM and strangulation and spanking. But Mm. really it's like, It's whatever is taboo for you. So it could just be like, I like having sex in different positions. Mm. That's taboo for me. And there's two elements to kinky as well. Like there's a psychological play and then there's the sensation base. And the sensation base is normally what we gear towards when we think of kinky. But there's so many different layers to that particular type. Um, And really, the superpower of this is communication, is knowing your boundaries. What you were talking about is being able to set up a scene and the container where the boundaries are appropriately addressed. What do you want? What do you not want? Right? What is desired in this moment? And And then once that trust is established and that container is sealed, then sky's the limit in terms of what you could do.
1: I, so. I like the fact that Eliza and I can now sit down and go, Oh, I'm kinky. I'm shapeshifter. What does that look like? Uh-huh. How can we make sure we both feel accepted and, um, and are allowed to express our true desires in our relationship moving forward, you know? So I can tell yeah. you, I could tell you, you know, from my personal aspect, I wasn't surprised when it said that I was, that I was kinky, you know, it it wasn't a surprise. I'm a really open book, but one area that is really difficult to talk about is sexual desire. It's really difficult to talk about. I have a really open relationship with Liza and uh, I talk very openly, fortunately about these things, but it's not something you really talk to friends about. What particularly not my, Older friends, and especially when your sexual orientation is kinky, you know, because, right. because you think that that this, you do think there's something wrong with you because, you know, for me, kinky can go in my mind. I start thinking to myself, why do I want to do these things? Why why do I want to behave this way? And if anybody listens to any of this sex podcasts that we've done, and we've done a lot of them, I'm always yeah. asking that question: Is there something wrong with me? And each each teacher is saying to me, "No, you're just a fucking horny guy who who's who wants to do." XY you're just a trick. human
0: being. <laughs> I love
1: that. Yeah, you're just a human being. You're just
0: a fucking human being. Like we're taking this so seriously, and I love this. It's like it's <laughs> like sex is like you know, and then and then ultimately, like I I I want there, I want us to be our freakiest selves, like. I I want to let my freak flag fly, right? And like the more accepting we become of that and the more like, comfortable we become with that bit in ourselves it ripples through and then you'll see it too like i mean with any life change right like when you grow certain things will fade certain things will fall right that are not in alignment and then things that are in alignment like friends who do want to talk about like oh like yes i love these erotic desires i have them and i want to express it in a safe and empowering container then you will attract that Mm. right but it really just comes to rising in love with yourself Ultimately, and looking at your shame and becoming lovers with your shame, mm, transmuting I like
1: it. I like that I like that transmuting it. Um, yeah what, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was knowing that you're kinky all right, let me see if I can make sense of this. So yeah, knowing that you're kinky uh, you're a kinky personality type, and yeah. you have all these things that you want to do, but you don't feel like you can do them so you end up you end up in a kind of a like i just it all then it just becomes all about like the orgasm right and this is this is my kind of trait let me start again okay so i know i'm kinky yeah. that's the kind of stuff i'm into when i first met my wife i suffered from severe sexual dysfunction like uh, i i had problems maintaining an erection i couldn't come like like loads of complicated shit was going on i related to uh, my divorce and being with somebody else different after 20 years, right? Yeah. Coupled that with this kinky thing as well, and having these desires to do all these different things, I got into a, a, a rut where I just wanted to like reach orgasm as quickly as I could, because if I didn't, I would feel like my head would get in the way, and I would be a failure again, and that my, then I would feel less of a man, and my wife would want to leave me, and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. But then when I got over that, something had stuck. I was still not introducing kink. I was still doing the same thing. And then Liza all of a sudden was like, whoa, hang on a minute. you know, This isn't about me. You're stuck in your own head. It's like, it's like you think you're in a porn movie all the time. What the fuck? Like This isn't any good for me. <sighs> so then, then I think to myself, I realize that you're kinky. And then you're like, no, I really can't introduce this because now it's going to be more about me again. Um, however, I know that that's just all in my head, right? That Liza, when she goes through this, she'll be really excited to explore both avenues. And then because we're doing it together, it's very different and we can get out of our heads. How, have you seen this kind of play out before in your work? Like, how do you help people like me when I used to be in that funk?
0: Oh my goodness. And <laughs> I love, love, love that you bring this up. Um, especially like. Um, You know, you, you, when you were saying like you had all these like kinky desires that you wanted to express, but then no, 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 I'm going to like shut that away and I'm just going to focus on getting into orgasm. Mm. Right. Because that's what it like in some ways, that's what I feel like I need to do in order to be a good sexual partner. Right. Like in order to be the, Man role, right? Like I just need to get to that place and shut away all of these other things that I'm like so hungry for. Like I want to embody them, but then again, like the shame comes in and then the fear, and like now it's becoming about the partner and how the partner is gonna proceed. And your partner is picking up on all of this, right? And so then her stories are coming into play. So I actually want to commend her awareness too of being like, this isn't about me. Like this is something like with you, mm. right? Like you are getting in your own way. And so, and I've done this, I've been guilty of this. Like, and so many of my clients, you know, um, express the same kind of thing of just like, I have so much and yet I don't know how to express it. And ultimately it all comes to, again, like healing, like the becoming lovers with your shame, right? The, the kind of work that I do, I do a lot of embodiment, work, especially when it comes to the 10 core human emotions. And emotions, right, along with the erotic blueprints, I mean, it's energy in motion, right? Like we're we're constantly feeling. And so shame is one of those 10 core human emotions. So ultimately, where is shame stuck in your body? What are the limiting beliefs, right, that you are creating and your body's receiving? And then how do you not only heal that, but then you integrate it. So then once you embrace that part about yourself, it's really just about embracing it within you. It, as before it even gets to the communication with your partner, it's like, got to do the work within you first, right? In order to effectively communicate to your partner, hey, so this is a desire that I have, and this is a fear that I have but I'm open and willing to explore this and I'm hoping you are too. So it's almost like um, what um, Preston talks about too, right? Like balls on the table, like your junk on the table. It's literally that, like that needs to happen in the partnership. It's like, okay, this is what I want. And here are the fears that come with it. And to be like, be open and willing to be received in that vulnerable space.
1: Mm. Um, Natalie's talking about Preston Smiles uh, if any of you... Uh, yeah,
0: Preston
1: Smiles. Uh. <laughs> uh, we, we both sh- have a shared connection there. Um, yeah. When you said about shame, I've always thought of shame being a mental thing. But then you just talked about... You would kind of like... Refer- for people who are not watching this and they're listening to it, you were referencing different parts of your body and then suddenly a light bulb come on. And when I, when I first met Liza and I couldn't maintain an erection having sexual intercourse... I just Mm -hmm. thought this second, I wonder if that was shame. I I wonder if my, my because I can't think of a greater example of shame for a man as being limp. Like, I I wonder if that was my body saying, or me me thinking I'm ashamed. So what am I ashamed about? I'm ashamed of leaving a 20-year relationship and starting a new one with somebody else. So you feel ashamed about that. And that manifests itself in a limp dick.
0: Love that you said manifesting. Yeah. In the limp dick. Yeah. Because I mean, that's one of the obstacles too, of like full, like turned on authentic expression, right? Is the emotional. And, um, so everything, every thought that we have, it manifests in the body. The more we think I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed. The body will start absorbing it, your muscles will absorb it, your cells will absorb it, right? And depending on how long this programming has been going on, right, it, it manifests in different ways in disease, in limp dick, right? And so it's it's just so fascinating how like how like deeply ingrained oh, yes, how our about it? bodies.
1: I've got light it. I got a light bulb coming up going off. While you're I
0: love these aha moments too. Like this yeah. is what I live for with my clients.
1: Well, think think about it. Like, so one of my problems was obviously um, losing my erection. The other one was delayed orga- orgasm, not being able to come. So if I can't come and can't have an orgasm, right? And again, yeah. it's almost like shame saying, no, 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 no. You don't deserve to have an orgasm. So I'm not going to give you one. The other thing I just thought of recently, I've been suffering from anorgasmia. So I have really conflicted thoughts around masturbation, right, at the moment. And I, th- I just thought to myself, maybe my, my brain is saying to my, maybe I'm telling my subconscious, I don't want to masturbate. I don't want to watch porn. I don't want to get involved in any of that kind of stuff. So when I do it, my, my subconscious is saying, oh, you don't, want to do, you don't want to do this? Well, let's remove the orgasm. So if we yes. remove the orgasm... Let's prove you're not ourselves wanna... right. <laughs> oh, honestly, I might just be making this up, but this fucking light bulb is yes. going off here.
0: You're literally creating this reality. And the question is, is this serving you?
1: No, I mean, no. I mean, imagine how many, if this is like what is really going on, it's not just sex, is it? Imagine how much that plays out in all of your life in, in the way oh, yeah. that your body exercise, what you put in your body, your, your body language, yes. your, your attitude, everything, right?
0: How you are in interviews, right? Like how you are, um, you know, even like, um, as, as a coach, right. Like, you know, getting onto discovery calls, like, and just, um, like every, everything, like your relationship with your family. I mean, it's just, Yes, it's sex, but sex really—it's like it—it's it literally is the key to everything. How you are in the bedroom, it's how you are everywhere.
1: Let me let me ask you to expand upon that. Like sex is a key to everything. I've I've at times in my in my two main relationships in my life, there have been times when I've said to myself, "Fuck it, I'm I'm not going to go running after sex anymore. It's so demeaning. I feel so ashamed. Keep asking again, turned down. I'm just I'm just not going to have sex." Right. Now I I know that's that my inner child. Right. I know that's my inner child, right? And a victim, my victim yeah. archetype as well. I'm not gonna have sex, right? Um but right. is is sex, how important is sexual relationship? What if we got people out there right now who think they've got a lovely uh connective relationship but don't have don't even have sex? I mean what is it is it a is it the be all and end all?
0: So sex is a spectrum. So when and so you would have to ask yourself right like what do i perceive sex to be right if you just perceive it to, and this is where the erotic blueprints again will come in right because there are many ways of having sex of, of being intimate with somebody or being in your erotic expression right it's not just penetration it's not like that that's the main thing that we're accustomed to seeing right and that might not be the preference right it it might just be like you know touch it just might be as simple as just like indulging in each other's touch, right? Or it might be creating an, um, or maybe just space. Like I, I, I don't want that much touch. Maybe it's just like light feathery touches or just like being like in the same space with someone and just feeling into their energy. And that's, that's what gives me that orgasmic bliss, that aliveness. Orgasm is just the, the feeling of aliveness, mm. right? So there are so many different ways to go about it. So ultimately, sex is what you choose to make of it.
1: Hmm. Okay, I like that. I like that. What if yes. you? What if you score high as kinky, like I did? Yeah. And you sit down. You sit down with your wife, and you you explain what you're doing, why you're doing it. You want to get more connected, and this is what it looks like. And she's like, I don't know, no fucking part of that whatsoever. I'm not. Interested in anything at all, kinky, not interested in it, ain't happening. (laughs) What happens if you get into that spot?
0: (laughs) So then, I mean, the invitation for your partner would be to look at the resistance, right? To feel into the resistance and to dig, to inquire, why am I so resistant to this? Because ultimately, resistance is an invitation for growth, For transformation. So this could unearth a possibility or a change that she may be I I don't know, like she may be scared to fully embrace. Mm. Right. Because because then the dynamic that that is present already, again, it comes from that fear place, you know, what if what if we lose each other? Right. Or what if I'm doing it wrong? That's another thing that comes up too with my clients. It's like, what what if I do this wrong? What if I don't know how to give you what you want? And then our relationship just falls apart because I'm not able to fit this mold, right? So again, it all boils back to the body, right? Like looking at her shame, looking at her rage, looking at her fear, Right When it comes to you expressing, okay, well, this, this is something that I would like to play with. This is something that, that, like a deep desire that I have that I wish to heal and I wish to elevate and expand into, right? So now it's, an, it's a reflection to her. It's an invitation of, well, do I want to do that too? Do I want to be open and willing? It really just, that's a beautiful part of that partnership. It's just the openness and the willingness, to play, to be curious. Mm. Again, no right or wrong. There's nothing broken. It's just a matter of, do you want to go on this ride with me? Right? And then feeling into like, it it can be different for us, but we're doing it together. We're two holes, essentially, riding this wave as opposed to halves coming together to make a hole.
1: I think, yeah, I keep thinking to myself here that um, it's a little like, like, when you stop drinking alcohol and then your partner doesn't, right? Yes. There's, there's a, there's a clash there and there is, um, it's very difficult to talk about it. You can't just talk about it. You need a, you need to have a really connected, deep, respected, uh, trusted and secure relationship where you're, and where you're, u- where you're, yeah, where you're used to talking about these things. And when your partner turns around, you know, you need to develop a conversation. So you need that framework. You need to build on that. And if you don't have that, then you're not going to be able to talk to your partner about their drinking. And then you're just going to give up, right? This is very similar. Is you need don't just give up. You need somehow, even if you say to your partner, "Look, you know, um, I have this fantasy where I would like to tie you up and have sex with you," and your partner's like, "I'm not fucking doing that." What's the matter with you, freak? You need the ability to be able to say. Oh wow! Like what just came up for you? Can we talk about that, please? You know, and if they're like, no, like we need the ability to somehow be able to play around with that and talk about that, because if we don't, then you're going to be you're going to be in a relationship where you don't feel trust and security, right?
0: Right, and that's so essential, especially when it comes to the kinky type. Trust is essential. Hmm. Mm. in order for it to be as empowering and as pleasurable as it can be. So um, mm, I was going to say something and then it just, empathy. Empathy is so key when it comes to conversation because there's the conversation, like me just telling you no, like, fuck off, right? Mm. I mean, that's still a conversation, Mm. right? That's happening. And then there's the other part that's like, I'm holding space. I'm holding contact with you. We're both breathing. You know, we're creating the space for you to feel seen and to feel received and to just, like, put myself in your place, in your experience, with no judgment, to just be there with you and not get lost in it at the same time, I'm just there with you, like, "ha. Huh. OK. Like I imagine this must have been hard. Like this must have been hard for you to come here, for you to courageously be here and to share this with me. And I want to celebrate that about you, like, oh my goodness. Like I imagine that must have been so terrifying for you. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, it just mellows. Because, like, all of that noise, like, oh my God, oh my God, like, I'm not gonna be accepted, like, oh, right. It's just like, oh, it's so easy. But that's a skill that we all just practice. It's, it's, it's cultivated, it's learned. Well, I you guess know, it's, we don't just automatically know how to do it.
1: Is it super challenging if there's only one of you that is really invested in your self development and the other person is just still stuck in the matrix? I mean, that is, that's the problem we encounter all the time at 1000 Days Sober. It's just yeah. I can't even talk to this person about it. I guess sex from a woman to a man, I'm talking stereotypes here, but I imagine if that relationship wasn't secure and trustworthy, but the woman came to the man and said, Hey, I want to talk about our sexual erotic blueprint, most men are gonna be like, Bing, come on, let's talk about it. I don't won't talk <laughs> about my alcohol, but I'll talk about my I'll talk about the sex. Whereas I'm thinking in my head and I'm making this up, right? Like through my own personal experience, I guess, um, in in the past is that women are more likely to think, I don't know, he's just in this for himself. He's just in this for himself. It's not about me. What what are the issues with the men that the women are bringing to you? Because you said most of your clients are female. I'm interested in the issues that the men are. What are the men doing that is causing women to go to you? It's not so much the doing, it's more the it's or more not the, doing. The, yeah, <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> I mean, yes, and it's more of the being because oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's more of the way of being because there's so many ways you can do something, right? It's like I mean, I can give you a thousand trip the tricks and tips, you know, on how to do something, but there's a difference between I know. And I embody, mm. and oftentimes, um, and oof, with cisgendered men, there's a conditioning to, you can't be sensitive, otherwise you're gonna be deemed a pussy.
1: Mm.
0: You can't, you gotta be tough. There's, you gotta be like, you gotta be the man, right? Like you've, you've gotta be, but it also, but it, it, like, it translates into like a rigidity, as opposed to coming from more of a grounded place of being an anchor for the, for, um, cause with, with women, you know, who are in their feminine, it's all just energy play. But for a woman who is in her feminine, right, they're in a wave and they, they, what they're craving is an anchor is, is, is a rock for the wave to, to crash upon, to, to flow around. Right. So what I find with my female clients who are with a more masculine identifying male is the lack of the lack of vulnerability, the lack of presence. And this is why I feel that men, like, I would love to coach more men, but then there's that hesitation to go because then, oh, something's wrong with me. Like, oh, well, no, 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 this is for, this is for women. It's Mm -hmm. not, so much for someone like me, but really like men need this work just as much, if not more.
1: Well, it's, it's men definitely, I mean, there is definitely a link between alcohol addiction, and porn addiction. Definitely. Um, I have eno- enough conversations with people to know that. And, and let me offer you some reflections on what you just said. And then, then yeah. your, your thought will come back to you, I'm sure. Um, I okay. love what you, I love what you said about doing and being, let me give you an example of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when I'm given the, when I'm, I've, I've created in myself this belief that as long as I pleasure the woman first, then I'm free to pleasure myself, right? And that comes from being young and coming quickly and your, your partner hasn't even got going and then and it's not the fact that, that that you've just you're limp and you can't you physically can't perform but your entire energy is changed that that sexual energy is gone you've lost it in your semen and now to just hold them hug them perform oral sex on the massage It's all gone. Like it's gone. Like you just want to just like back in the day, have a cigarette and go to sleep or just like watch a book or watch a movie. And then your partner's there like, what about me? Right. So as I grew up and I, and I, you know, age and mature, my mindset then has always been, let me make the woman come as quickly as I can. And then I don't have to worry about this. So you do that orally, right? And then what you're doing is you're stepping away from being and you're stepping into doing. And if you couple that to, you said about men growing up and how they're conditioned not to be a pussy and not to be sensitive. If you also ask yourself, where do they get their sexual education from? And sexual education isn't, oh, I'm going to tell you how we make babies. Sexual education is how do you lick someone out? How do you give a blow job? How do you Have anal sex, whatever it is, it's all through porn. And if you watch you porn and you see the porn stars, and then you watch the porn videos that have been submitted by just random people, the random people submit in the porn videos. The guys are doing the same thing as the stars. So the guys are smacking them on the ass. The guys are going a hundred mile an hour. The guys are pulling their air, You know, treating them like shit. If you put all that together, you've got a guy. Who is not in being mode at all? He's just in doing mode, and I can He's see playing how it happens. Part. And how? Imagine then being the woman on the other end of that. who's just lying there, being being fucking used, right?
0: That's definitely one dynamic for sure. Yeah, if that's the main um, media, right? If that's all that you know, if that is your scope of what sex is, then you're going to take that and you're going to use that right like you're you're going to because you're thinking like this is what my partner wants i mean clearly because i'm seeing it right so it's like this is the way it needs to be done and so it's 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 unlearning there's there's a radical unlearning that needs to happen and really just breaking it down like what's authentic to you like does that even feel good to you like what you're doing right does that feel good? It's always, and then that's when you go back into the body, right? You plug in and it's like, does this really feel good? Is this really turning me on? Or am I just like, um, doing this because I feel like this is what I need to be doing.
1: Mm.
0: And the presence that that's, that's the word that came up that was wanting to come through was presence. I feel that a lot of, a lot of us are walking around. There's a lack of presence in this world. And oftentimes it's because we're so like we're hardwired for connection and yet there's such a fear of it. Like we're so afraid to be seen, to be received and to also look deep within ourselves and to truly feel. And what do we do? We tend to go to numbing agents a lot of the time because we're so deathly afraid of who we are at our core and how that's going to be perceived. So presence and just being in your body and being open regardless of whether you are feeling fear or whether you are feeling rage or whether you're feeling shame or joy, it's just being open to that and embracing that and being willing to be seen by your partner in that way and then to listen to your partner too and to feel where they're coming from. It's a beautiful dance. It's beautiful and brutal at the same time because our ego is always like to come in. And it's like, no, 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 we, we can't have it all, ultimately. Like, we, we, we can't, like, pleasure is just, like, it's X'd out. There's this thing of, like, we got to suffer. We got we to gotta make things a bit, we got to make things harder for ourselves. And necessarily you don't, I mean, that, that's not really the case at all.
1: Um, no, I, this is why I keep, this is why I keep harping on to people about the superpower that is stopping drinking alcohol. If you make a list of all the core reasons and the value that people get out of alcohol on that list will always be sex is better when I drink alcohol or uh, alcohol allows me to have more sex. So it's rarely do someone say that the alcohol is a negative when it comes to sex, right? So, yeah. and that then creates a desire to keep drinking alcohol. And my job is to remove that desire. So I educate people, hang on a minute. And then just you listen to this folks. Like so could just use what Natalie said. If you think about this really, practicing mindfulness and meditation, learning to be to step into your power, to have strong boundaries, to communicate more effectively, to serve others, to have empathy, to be a container to hold space, all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff yeah. that manifests itself in you when you're in the bedroom, Wanting to behave in the same, or you, you, you will more naturally behave in the same way. Or you will certainly start to question it. Because to answer your question, you know, when I behave in that way and I go into the bedroom and I just want to get it over and done really quickly, do I ever feel satisfied or happy about? It? No. There's always shame. There's there's always unspoken shame. I didn't. I did that wrong. Like that. That's in my head. I I did that yeah. wrong. Maybe it's not shame. Maybe it's guilt. Because I, I never think I am wrong. But I think I fucked up there. But, but a lot of times, right? Yeah. If you stop drinking alcohol, if you drink alcohol while you have sex, which I would say before I met Liza, because we don't drink, I had sex probably 99.9% of the time when I was drinking. You're never going to be present in that situation. Never going to be present because you're just going to be, you're just going to be so self-centered. And this is yeah. the problem that we're encountering here. We're talking about it's a self-centeredness that will come with sex. By a lot of shame that you've got, and and the way that you're taught about having sex, and your lack of understanding right. of the erotic blueprint of yourself and your of a partner.
0: Yeah, it's it's so amazing how we we don't uh, we'll do anything not to feel. <laughs> yeah, we'll do anything not to feel. And I've I've had my fair share of um, of being with partners who who were alcoholics or um sex addicts. Like I've I've um. I've had my fair share of being in those dynamics, and ultimately, it's never really. I can only imagine that it's just it's a void that you're filling. It's a way to cope. It's a way to feel like you are capable. It's a way to feel like okay, well, this is the only way that I could give someone pleasure. Or there's a fear here. There's a fear of truly being seen. So I gotta, I gotta stifle all this down, right? And I just got to get the job done, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. And too often, oh man, too often do we deprive ourselves. The shame that comes with feeling all these like darker emotions, right? Like the fear and, and rage and all that. And to be seen in those lights, those are actually quite beautiful gifts. And there are superpowers that come with those, right? Like Mm. when you're embodied in them. So the, the, the thing here would be is how willing are you to really dive deep within yourself and to truly feel into what pleasure is to you? Why are you even in this partnership too? That's the other thing. Like, why do you want a partnership? How often do we even ask ourselves, why are we doing the things that we are doing?
1: Well, when you're when, you, when you're stuck in that. the matrix, it just doesn't happen, does it? You know, you're 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 just accepting you don't want to ask those questions because if you do, they're too challenging, you don't wanna look, you don't wanna look into your life.
0: Right. But then that could be your gift. That could be the thing that truly sets you free. We're craving freedom, right? Especially when we're in our masculine energy, right? Like masculine energy is all about freedom, right? So it's like when you're craving that and yet You're depriving yourself. You're starving yourself of that. And yet you're seeking to be fed. And yet, nope, we're going to prove ourselves right. Like the subconscious mind. No, 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 no. It will do whatever it takes to protect you. Oh, got to have another drink. Oh, got to take this drug again. Oh, got to penetrate. That's it. Mm -hmm. Instead of just really listening, how often do we really listen? Not only to each other, but to ourselves even. What do you want? That's the question. That's one of the first questions that I ask clients. What do you want? When it comes to your sex life, what do you want? Mm. And I keep asking them that over and over and over again. And it, it becomes difficult at times. It's like, oh my gosh, like I have not even thought about what it is that I want.
1: Let me ask you a question. And yet here that. I am. <laughs> Let me ask yeah, you a question. Let's say let's say a female client comes to you and you say, What do you want? And you say, I want my husband to see me. I want him to be present. I don't want him to treat me like I'm a fucking bag of cement. I, well, that's what I want. Now, you're not working with him. You're working with her. And she yeah. can't change him. She can no. only change herself. So how would you work with that? What would you advise her to do to change that dynamic?
0: So you're saying uh, the female client comes and says, I want my husband to see me, right? Be
1: more pre- be, I want my husband to be more present during lovemaking with me.
0: Okay. So then I would ask her, where are you not being present with yourself? Okay. Where are you? Like, how do you want to be seen? And are you willing to see yourself in that way? Or are you relying on your husband? Because how, how, how can you expect your husband to see you when you're not willing to see it? When you're not willing to embody your fullest, most pleasurable self? Okay. And so I would so, ask the same to the man as well.
1: So it's so what, let me let me get this right. So, what you're saying is, if we work on the premise that we do it one a day sober, that everything that happens in your life, you had to take 100% responsibility for. What you're yeah. saying here in this case is, if the woman looks at herself and says, Where is she not present here? What is it? that she's not doing with herself here. I say she goes away and thinks about that. And then she then really says, Oh, holy shit. Like I'm carrying all this shame and guilt. And I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. I, I don't think that I'm uh, a sexual tyrannosaurus in bed, et cetera, et cetera. She goes away. She works on all that stuff. And now she's like super confident. She's glowing. She's got all this energy going. She's like so fucking powerful. She ain't going to take none of that shit, right? The, the, the guy, She's going to be like, the guy's going to be like doing his thing. And she's just going to be like, whoa, fucking come here a minute, mate. You know? That, uh, Rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Right.
0: So when so, you're doing the work on you, right, you use the framework of the erotic blueprints. You use the, um, the emotional archetype, the body work that, you know, the embodiment practices, right? When you're doing that, it's going to ripple. It's going to mm. ripple out into your yeah. partner, right? And they're either, they're going to be faced with, okay, do I want to keep growing with this? Or do we bust? Mm. Is, this, is this what we were meant to um, gift each other ultimately? Or is there more? Yeah. That fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of losing this person. It's like, okay, so what if you lose this person?
1: We are so, we are so tied up. If you think about it, even the like, let's say a guy says to, to his wife, I'm kinky. Uh, and here are the things that I want to do. And uh, the woman says, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, I'm going to pay somebody to do it, or I'm going to find somebody to do it. I don't love you any less. But that's what I'm going to do. Because I really kind of desire and desire and need that, right? You can't even engage in a conversation like that, because our a societal condition is like, oh, you can't do that. You're in a monogamous relationship. Like, you're not you, you can't, it's like, I, I, I just think that in life, we are so closed off about what is possible for us, not just yes. in sex, but in everywhere, and it bleeds into every kind of area in your life. Everything, yeah. Them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I like the way you said there, the, the erotic blueprint. So, like I guess I said about the woman doing work on her own and then developing that power and that ripple effect going off with a guy, I guess another way of getting the guy to do his own work and to recognize what's going on, I guess, is to do the erotic blue, uh, blueprint work together. You realize that your husband is kinky, and then you sit down with him and say, oh, what does this look like to you? Right. I'm a shapeshifter. This is what it looks like for me. How can we meet in the middle? And, right. and, then, and then, you know, that, that that's another way, I guess. That's, I can see how this blueprint would be really, really effective.
0: It really is. And then, and then also just, you know, having a coach to be that outside neutral perspective as well. Right. Um, to really give you, uh, to, to help guide you like with certain tools or like effective empathetic ways of communication as well. Mm. Right. I know I would not have been able to have done this alone. Mm. Right. Like I sought out mentors. Right. And then I actually like working with couples by, to get a chance. like um, I do have a couple that I'm working with currently. Um, it, it, is, it provides you more space to really like work with both, as opposed to, okay, like um, just working with one client and then, yes, like it still ripples through, right? But at the same time, like it, it's different when I actually have both, and then I'm able to I'm able to coach and guide them at the same time. So, but they have to be, again, like they have to be open and willing at the same time. Like they want to, like, it's not about like, I'm, I'm corralling you, right? Yeah. Like, because I, I want to do this and you got to do it with me too. It's like, oh, fuck that. I mean, that's already like putting a toxic slate yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the container already. So it's like, if you don't want it, that's okay. But I'm going to do this for me It always is, it's for my highest and greatest good. It's not to get you to do something. Because again, if it is coming from that place of, oh, manipulation and coercion, right? Then that's already setting yourself up for massive failure.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Natalie, I really appreciate our time together. I myself personally have learned so much about what is going on in my life and how I can improve my sex life. So I'm I'm sure that other people listening to this will be. If you are listening to this folks, go to www.1000daysober.com. Check out the podcast page of Natalie Kabenjin. She will be there. You'll find all the links on how to uh, catch up with her and hire her as a coach. And you'll be able to take the erotic blueprint. And when you do that, you'll get an email asking you if you want to purchase a kind of more deeply analytical look at that, right? But you get a free you get a free thing as well, uh, along alongside that. Anything you want to talk about okay. before I let you go, Natalie?
0: I love like just the invitation for your listeners when they do take the quiz. I mean, like I'm I'm always curious. Like so, my doors are open, okay? and like I'd love to hear like if, if there were any aha moments yeah. like you so beautifully shared. Yeah, I, I right? got it. Like, yeah. Like I just so please like email me and like let's let's have a conversation. There like you and this are, work folks. really resonates with you.
1: Yeah. Um there will I'm be questions. So we'll stick Natalie's email on those show notes and then you can give her a shout. Natalie, thanks for being on One Thousand Day Sober, I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for holding this amazing container. Thank you.